point is, the end result is the same. Duty calls. I have searched the world over before you. That is so cool. You guys all just have this really tight bond. Just call me the computer whisperer. He seemed so nice and normal. You don't want to come back to my place? That smell makes me nauseous. And I thought it was going to be a slow night. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Can we go now? Welcome to Beer with Buffy, everyone. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And boy, oh boy, it's been a long, what, four months or so? Feels like longer. (laughs) But we are back, baby! And today, we are reviewing Season 6, Episode 1, The Bargaining? The Bargaining. Yeah, there's no question mark on that. The Bargaining. Part 1. Part 1 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Did I say that? You didn't say Part 1. You said the bargaining, but it's the bargaining yeah, part one. Of, But I said season six, episode one of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? I have no idea. Well, I, I did now. Re- I don't remember conversations. I know that. <laughs> I know that to <laughs> be true. Then why are you asking me? I, well, because I don't remember that you don't remember conversations. <laughs> well, we're just fucked. Until you tell me. <laughs> oh, don't get me started, bruh. Oh, let me flip over to my notes here. Well, hey, you know what time it is, Rex. What time is that? It's that time for me to cluck around like a fucking chicken with his head cut off, (laughs) who's a little hornier than he should be, um, and sees that bloody neck hole and says, you know what I should do with that? (laughs) Fuck-a-doodle-doo! I have a momentary question before you get on with that list. Yeah? Uh, How does a chicken with no head cluck? You said cluck around like a chicken with its head cut off. And I'm just really curious how it clucks. Oh, I thought there was a real punchline to this. No, no. I'm just really curious of what bullshit reasoning you I'm have very for disappointed one. in you right now, Rex. Not, not as much as da- I am. Not even a dad joke? <laughs> no. It clucks with its fist in your ass. It doesn't have fists. It's, it's a chicken. It doesn't have hands. All right. Well, <laughs> explain that to Applebee's. I always order the chicken fists and they're like, here you go. Do you want blue cheese with that? And I'm like, yes, thank you. (laughs) Okay. I'm just going to let that one float over there. Not going to grab onto it. So we have these things we call executive doodle doos and we read their names off because people have egos and we like to stroke them because we are highly inappropriate or I am highly inappropriate over here at Beer with Buffy. Anyway, that list of people is as follows. Bridget McCloy, Dead Serious, Callista, Allie B., Nathan Lancey, Kristen Dulcinea, Rachel Gregory, Rachel Doodle Doo, D. Clubby, The Seal, Mr. Tabalicious, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Christina, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Pat Likes Turtles, Scarlet Choi, Bad at Changing Their Names Heaps, K-Fro Horse Dildo with a BW Logo Gnome, Father DeFinistrato, Kelly MC, Jesse Rain, Alex from the Heart, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so much. Without you, this show literally is not possible. Literally. Yeah. And figuratively. And thank you all so much for hanging, hanging out while we did such a long extended break longer than we planned yeah speaking of uh because of our fuck up you still get one more free month of yeah. listening to beer with buffy while also being a patreon but then we're going right back to 
our greedy, greedy, capitalistic ways. Yes, yes. Yep. <laughs> How dare we need to make ends meet? Well, in our long extended break, we got three new iTunes reviews. Three? Yes. A one, a two, a three licks to get to the center of an iTunes review. <laughs> I, I kind of like that they were almost exactly a month apart from each other. Right, yeah. January, was, February, and, and March. It clipped right along there. I thought we were looking at like a real change of pace. Right. It was just kind of a fluke. And, you know, we may we may be hey, looking yeah, at you a know, change I, of pace now that we're back to recording. And, I still have hope. And back in people's faces. It's fine, yeah. Right up in your ear face. Yes, their ear face. Yeah. Or ear holes. There we go, mm-hmm. ear holes. Just imagining people's faces are just <laughs> giant ears. Anyway, our first review that came in twenty uh, ninth of January by Disney Girl five three zero, titled "Smart and Funny" five star review. If you're a BTVS and or Angel lover, and you want to hear a smart and entertaining review of the shows, you have to listen to Rex and Josh. They keep me laughing and always give me something to think about for each episode. And make sure you listen to the mom synopsis. That's the most important part of that review right there. <laughs> the part where they praise you specifically. That is correct. <laughs> well, thank you for asking. And the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, who's getting the ego struck around here, Josh? It's Ooh, me, Rex. Indeed. It's always me, <laughs> except when it's you. It's me sometimes. Sometimes. Our second review from A Mills One Four Two One, February twenty third, titled "The Missing Two Members of the Gang." Five star review. I love that. Right, that's a great. I love it. That's <laughs> such a compliment. Josh and Rex stake their claim when it comes to Buffy podcasts and definitely can help kill time if you need an escape. And no need to watch along, thanks to their dramatic readings. They give Geller, Boreanis, and Marsters a run for their money. But, in all seriousness, started listening during the past year and was hoping to never catch up so I would never run out of episodes. Keep up the great work. I have a feeling that they caught up. (laughs) (laughs) You hear that, everyone? I give Geller, Boreanis, and Marsters a run for their money. Right? Woo! Right? I'm taking that straight to Hollywood. Straight to Hollywood. Look at this iTunes review. <laughs> I don't even need to audition for you. Do you know who I am? Do you have any idea? Wait, no? You don't? No. no. Well, shit. That's, <laughs> this didn't work out as planned. That's weird. <laughs> I don't know what went wrong. <laughs> So our third review that we got on January, February, March, March 13th, 2023 is a five-star review from pee-pee-poo-poo diarrhea farts. Love it. (laughs) Don't change. Um, Their title is great, but, you know, kind of like the way mash is spelled periods after each letter. To me, that that reads as great. (laughs) If you could just move your stuff down into the basement. <laughs> exactly. That'd be great. Anyway, so they say, uh, I've been a Buffy fan for almost ever. I am loving going back over the Buffy and Angel episodes and hearing the guys' take on the shows. I agree with almost all their opinions from these usually amazing shows. Stay funny. You guys make me laugh out loud. 
And that's the best kind of laughing. Yes. I'm saying yes. that, not them. They, they ended at laugh out yeah. loud. Mm-hmm. And thank you for spelling out laugh out loud and not saying LOL. I appreciate that almost as much as I appreciate the long lost concept of being able to leave your house without your phone and not having a panic attack. See, I don't have panic attacks. Yeah, well, I, you're in the minority these days. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm positive that is the case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or maybe you just don't have those kinds of panic attacks. I don't know. Well, there it is. That's that's some doodle-doos, and that's um, iTunes reviews. Yeah, and just remember, uh, we are eventually going to give away a hoodie again once we get up to 75 reviews. Damn right. Thanks uh, for we're reminding at 64 me. 64 right now. Mm-hmm. So we're 11 reviews away. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, 11 reviews, and we'll draw a name from the people who've reviewed us, and you get a free hoodie. Yeah, we can do better. It's going to be okay, you guys. Yeah. Everything's going to be just fine. (laughs) No, but really, we're back. We're back. Yes. And uh, we're going to try real soon here to get back onto a one episode per week schedule. Yeah. Uh, Might be a little rocky for a second, though. Yep. Especially getting back into the swing of things and and remembering that we do, in fact, know what we're doing, kind of. Yeah, to a degree. My God, let me tell you. Reviewing a normal episode is so much easier than reviewing a musical episode. But that's enough about that. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't know anything about that. (laughs) Are you going to keep that little teaser in? I might. I might not. I don't know. I make these decisions in post. Yeah. Good call. Well, I guess that's all the normal things out of the way. It's time to get on with the show with a mom synopsis. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Knock, knock. Hello? Joshua, did you hear someone rapping at my chamber door? (laughs) No, holy shit, Mom. I was trying to start a knock-knock joke, haven't you? There it is again, Joshua! (laughs) Tell me you heard it too! What? That was seriously just me saying knock-knock again. Damn it! Who are you? And what do you want with me? (sighs) Wow. Wow. Take my child! I'm just an innocent old woman! Oh, God! Well, I'd like to say I'm surprised, but I'm not. I bet it's that roving biker gang of leathery goons! I always knew we lived too close to the highway! Now just calm down, Mom. I'm gonna go cook up some nice venison. I'm sure there's nothing at the door. Or it could be the spirit of a dead loved one trying to say hello. Wow, this is all really specific. (laughs) Here, here's the venison I promised you. Where did you get venison, Joshua? Hmm? I said, where did you get venison, Joshua? Can't talk, gotta go. You know how those pesky biker gangs are. That's probably why the spirit's here, you know? They want to go fight them for the, for us, but they just need to borrow a cup of necromancy real quick, you know? <laughs> Don't you dare resurrect anyone, Joshua! We've talked about this! You're not my real mom! No, but I am an oddly accurate parody of her! <laughs> Actually, we're pretty far off the rails at this point. Okay, thanks, bye! <laughs> <laughs> Woo, that's better. All right. 
So today on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Buffy gang is in full tilt patrolling mode to make up for Buffy's absence, using the Buffy bot as a stand-in to keep people in the dark about her death. Everybody's dealing with Buffy's death in their own way. Xander tries to keep his engagement to Anya under wraps until the right moment. Anya is upset about that and, uh, and that Giles is dragging his feet on leaving the magic box under her care. Spike is being extra protective of Dawn out of guilt for the last time he messed up. Giles and Dawn are probably being, uh, probably put a little too much stock in Buffybot as a stand-in for Buffy. So Giles decides to finally head back to England while Willow conspires with Xander, Anya, and Tara to resurrect Buffy. Meanwhile, Buffybot gets in a scrape with a vampire and figures out she's not human and tips off a demon biker gang about it. They promptly terrorize Sunnydale and crash the resurrection spell at Buffy's gravesite, crushing the urn of Osiris, but not too late because Buffy is brought back to life at the last moment in her coffin underground. To be continued. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, Cold open. So we open up on Sunnydale Graveyard with the Scoobies and Spike. I do not group Spike with the Scoobies, by the way. I don't know if you do. You don't? Like, specifically in my head, I do not view Spike as part of the Scoobies. He's still not fully integrated. Yeah. I'm not... I don't remember if I ever feel like he totally gets there. I probably started considering him at uh, one of the Scoobies around this time back in my first watch through, but I also, you know, was not nearly as aware of how problematic he is. Right. So that's holding me back a little this time around. I don't think I start mentally putting him with the Scoobies till he's got a soul. Yeah, probably around about then. That sounds right. But yeah, uh, Scoobies and Spike chasing a vamp through the graveyard. It's actually apparently a couple of vamps in the graveyard. This one's particularly robust. Yeah. It's tall and large. Yeah, giving them a bit of a fight. I think my favorite part was Tara's just a little concerned that I thought the bigger ones would be slow. And it's like, that's not how vampires work. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, Spike, therefore, makes a wisecrack about no, that's over the hill shopkeepers. Yeah. Giles is like, I'm fine. I just need to die for a minute. And then I noticed... The same, Giles. Same. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, definitely not in runner's shape anymore. Hopefully so. going to get back there soon. Been going to physical therapy. Don't mind me. And then I cannot have to risk getting concussions on a bike anymore. Yeah. Never mind that I spent $800 on that fucking thing. But that's besides the point. So... Then there's this uh, whole exchange that I started watching this on Hulu. Um, and then I noticed in my transcript that there's like five lines that were not in the episode on really? Hulu. So I downloaded the episode totally not illegally. <laughs> and it's the DVD rip where that scene absolutely is there. So they fucking cut it out. They've shortened I've, parts of the fucking Hulu yeah, cuts. Yeah, I've, I've come across shit like that. Where I don't like that. The most notable thing is that I remember recently is I was rewatching Community and there was a whole fucking episode they just removed. Huh. And they they removed it because of blackface. 
<laughs> so, and that's what that's what it's tagged as is blackface. But in reality, it's because one of the characters dresses up as a dark elf, not a black person, a dark elf, oh, a fantasy creature. Come on. And they cut it for blackface. It's it's borderline, obviously. Yeah. And that's why they cut it. But, you know, I still just am not a big fan of censoring shit. Let people make their own well, decisions. It's, Even Disney is like, hey, guys, our old shit is racist as hell and we know it. And I don't remember specifically, but I wouldn't be surprised if that is a thing that is specifically addressed in that episode. Because community was all about pushing the boundaries as a way to show that things are bad. Yes. It, it seems like they would have done it in a very socially conscious manner. Exactly. Yeah, but I don't remember the episode, so I can't say it if was it was the, or It was not. the first D&D episode, which is one of my favorite episodes. Okay. Which is why I was so angry, because I didn't have another means to watch it except on Netflix. Yeah. All right. But anyway, so um, the, the exchange I'm talking about is where Spike says to Tara, it was that powder you blew at him, made him rabbit off. And Tara's like, it's Sorbus root. It was supposed to confuse him, but it just kind of made him peppy. Blah, blah, blah. It's not supposed to mix with anything. They joke about him being on prescription medication. It's actually a really funny little moment here between Spike and Giles. They actually kind of bond a little bit over the joke. Tara says, it's not supposed to mix with anything. You think he might be taking prescription medication? Spike's like, yeah, that must be it. Giles says, good God, I hope he doesn't try to operate heavy machinery. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. Yeah, I uh, I ended up having to watch it on Hulu and okay. I didn't get to see that scene. Yeah, that's too bad. It's funny. So anyway, not a huge loss, but enough of a loss for me to be annoyed. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so now uh, we, we see slash hear Willow standing on top of a crypt giving directions to the Scoobies telepathically. She's she is the witch on the crypt, or as some might call him, the guy in the chair. That's the thing. Yeah, it's like the the like that fucking spy game that we played, where one person's yeah. the hacker and like you know telling everyone what to do, and the and other person's yeah. The, it's the guy the the trope of the guy in the chair. Yeah, love it. And you know, it's the witch on the crypt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very nice. So anyway, Buffy, hard air quotes Buffy, intercepts the vampire and Spike backs her up with Tara and Giles. They hold her while Spike, they hold him while Spike hits him. Uh, Xander and Anya are somewhere else now and also getting telepathic directions from Willow. They're freaked out by it. Xander's like, I know, I know, I don't have to talk when I answer you, but I saw the Fury and that way lies spooky carnival death. So I've never seen the Fury. Have you seen the Fury? I haven't. Well, it's a movie from 1979, so that's how you know it's scary right there. Right. Um, <laughs> like, even the bad horror movies from 1979 were, just had this special kind of fucked up about them. Oh, right. Uh, anyway, the, the blur before it is, a former CIA agent uses the talents of a young psychic to help re- retrieve his telekinetic son from terrorists who want to use his mental powers for evil. I have seen that, actually. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. Yeah, young psychic. That's where Xander's coming yeah. from. It's funny, I guess. Um, Willow tells them to flank a vamp on the other side of the tomb they're next to. Uh, cut back to the other Scoobies who are still fighting the big boy. I, I did want to point out this kind of badass moment where um, Willow has told them that the vamp's like uh, sneaking around. 
and the vamp starts to run in one direction and willow tells tells them that they need to usher him in the other direction oh yeah and giles just th- does this excellent axe throw just whips the axe yeah whips the axe it goes into the tree right in front of the vamp and the look on spike's face he looks over at giles like holy shit <laughs> damn See, I it missed... was just a very good physical acting moment yeah i missed that moment i wish i'd seen that but also it's nice to have little tiny reminders that oh yeah giles is in fact a badass mm-hmm. well that kind of uh adds a little bit of depth to a moment that they have a little later i'll bring it up when we get there so yeah, we cut back to the other other Scoobies. They're fighting the, the the big vampire. Giles gets pinned against the fence with an axe handle. Uh, he begs for Spike's help. Spike backs off like a douche, letting him get choked out uh, while he lights up a cigarette. And Willow's like, "What are you doing? Help him!" And he's like, "I did." And suddenly he goes up in flames. Ha ha! Yep. He Spike lit lit him on fire like a candle. And yeah, you're lucky that fucking shirt was that flammable, bro. Right. Um, he could have crushed Giles's fucking trachea if that had taken any longer. <laughs> yeah. So Spike helps him up. And Giles is like, you might have let me in on your plan while he throttled me. And this is my quote of the day. Oh, poor watcher. Did your little life pass before your eyes? Cup of tea, cup of tea. Almost got shagged. Cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> He still has to keep up appearances of not thinking he's a badass. Right. Yeah. But we all know he respects Giles. Oh, God, yeah. No, I I truly believe that he fears Giles. I mean, they watch like, TV together. Oh, he knows if anybody there can fucking kill him in a heartbeat and would, it's Giles. Yeah. He's not as afraid of Buffy once she's back because he doesn't necessarily think that Buffy will actually kill him. But he knows Giles will. He fucking knows. <laughs> he he fucking better. So Willow tells them to go help Xander and Anya. Uh, another vampire has Xander in a headlock and uh, absolutely launches Anya off to the side as she tries to help. Uh, then Buffybot jumps in and takes over. Spike drops in a moment later. Uh, and just want to make a quick note about this vampire. I really liked his uh, studded leather bracers. Um, yeah, it was good style. But the... I didn't much care for the ripped off sleeve tank top look. Uh, made him look like a fucking henchman from Streets of Rage. <laughs> that fucking game. Which is an old ass video game yeah. from Sega Genesis, uh, which actually dates even further back than that to arcade. Oh, yeah. Before I it, that. Before it I was Streets of Rage. Arcades. And then Sega picked it up and renamed it. I don't remember what it was called originally. I don't either. Doesn't matter. So, but it's a great, perfect look for some random ass vampire. Um, Buffy, bot anyway, finally stakes him and makes a terrible joke. <laughs> That'll put marzipan in your pie plate, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I gotta hand the delivery to Sarah Michelle Geller on that, <laughs> right? Because if I were to look at that line, that is not how I would have read it. Like when you really, when you really stop and think about it. The acting that she pulls off to play the Buffy bot is just impressive. And it's got to make her feel much better as a human being. Like, oh, that's got to be such an easier role to play. Like, it's it's probably a relief after all the drama. Seriously. (laughs) Like, I actually really like Buffy bot. She's so nice. Any of the moments where, like, shit's going on and she just has this, the biggest fucking grin on her face ever (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Like, there's so many moments like that when the, the Buffy bots just all smiles and it's so over the top mm-hmm. of a smile. It's like showing even the teeth all the way in the back. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, she had to have a lot of fun with that. You right. You know it. Yeah. And it's, they were trying to be like, here, look how she has no humanity. But they really just made me feel like Buffy Bot was a, a cute puppy. Right. Yeah. She's like got, they they couldn't make her completely devoid of um, right. my empathy. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so anyway, Willow says she'll fix it, you know, the the saying weird shit, the word salad. Yeah. Giles makes a big deal about needing uh, the world and underworld to believe that Buffy is alive and well. Willow mentions that at least she got Buffy Bot off of the knock knock jokes, which <laughs> triggers Buffy Bot. Oh, who's there? <laughs> and then the rest of them they go down the line of the entire Scooby gang one by one as they're exiting the scene and Buffy Bot was just hoarding every <laughs> single thing that they said as if it were part of the knock knock joke yeah it's pretty great and then strings off if we want her to be exactly she'll never be exactly I know the only really real Buffy is really Buffy and she's gone who it was great yeah loved it no that was good it was a good delivery because that was like, where are they going with this? Why is she still? Wow, she's saying every single line that they're still talking, and then at the very end, who? <laughs> I was like, wow, that was a hell of a setup for a joke. And I mean, both the joke that she's broken and misunderstanding knock knock jokes, and the idea that if that were in fact a setup for a knock knock right. joke, but also like the sheer joy she has to participate in the knock knock joke, <laughs> like. How could you take that away from her? She was so happy to participate. Yay! <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It, she really is like a puppy. Like, I absolutely was not planning <laughs> on putting that in the mom synopsis, and that's just no, how much was, of an imprint it made. It was good. It yeah. was good. <laughs> I'm not in your room. I'm in the hallway. The hallway doesn't belong to you. Mom, I can stand in the hallway, right? Sharon's older brother knows a girl who died because she choked on her boyfriend's tongue. Cut to, well, opening sequence. Yep. Nah, nah, nah. Oh, wait, that's, that's Angel. Um, <laughs> shit. Uh. <laughs> meow, 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 meow. Meow, meow, meow. Um, cut to Buffy's house, or I mean Don's house well, now. And Willow and Tara's house. Well, they live there, but if anybody owns the place, it's Don. Well, technically, because the government doesn't know that Buffy is dead, despite the fact that she has a grave, which is an interesting thing. I mean, they don't want the world to know that she's dead, but they gave her a grave pretty far away from the rest of the graves. Like, they probably hid it. Nobody's just going to wander through the fucking graveyard looking for random graves that shouldn't be there. It just strikes me as, like, weird when... Yeah, it's still poor planning. But yeah, Willow and T- Tara moved into Buffy's house to take care of Dawn. They're in Joyce's room. Yep. Which is fine. Yeah, you know. it's fine. Willow's looking for her clogs. Tara thinks Dawn has them. Dawn's not in a room when Willow checks. Tara asks if Willow's okay. Something about impending doom, about today. But breakfast will make it all better. Yes. Consuming mm. pancakes is always good. Damn right. Oh, I just bought some syrup last night. I haven't gotten around to making pancakes yet or waffles, but I'm 
totally gonna like tomorrow. So Willow finds Dawn in the bathroom brushing her teeth. Dawn says she doesn't have the clogs and they never come back around to this. No. Maybe they do in the second part. I don't remember. Um, They go down to the kitchen. Buffy Bot is making (laughs) PB&Js. All of the sandwiches. That is correct. (laughs) Um, Like, my God, how many loaves of bread do you guys keep on hand? (laughs) Uh, Willow wants to go over Buffy Bot's programming again. Tara says she's... Either ready for today or isn't. Don't worry about it. Um, they forgot to tell Buffy about to stop making sandwiches, so now there's a huge pile of sandwiches. Luckily, Xander comes in to to save the day and eat said sandwiches. And they got a stupid witch pun out of it. So they did. It's fine, really. That's a lot of sugar, though. PB and J's. Like, you got. I got to be in a real specific kind of mood to want one these days. Yeah. And I couldn't just you know sustain myself on it. It's all sugar. Well, it's not all sugar. It's the peanut butter has protein, I guess. Yeah, I mean peanut butter has a lot of protein, but it also has but, a lot of sugar. Yeah, well, and it kind of depends on which which peanut butter you're getting. It's fine, probably, 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 probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Xander enters Xander. He's come to just drop off solder that Willow needed or something. He needed his whole entire fucking toolbox for that barges in yelling about his man tool in the house full of chicks like oh nice guy xander i wondered where you were except no i didn't (laughs) then he backpedals because that is how the xander do yes he's got the backpedaling down excellent pretty well pretty well phone Um, rings buffy bot tries to answer they tell her not to because it might be don and buffy's dad right because they still they don't want anybody to know that Buffy is dead. Mm-hmm. And he might catch wise if he's like, you're not Buffy. But also, like, he's been such an absentee dad. Like, he's going to fucking be he's, able to tell. He's not going to fucking pick up on anything. But they still tell her not to answer phone calls anymore, more gently than they probably need to, because she's a robot. <laughs> With the other machine to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they're worried that um, their dad would take Dawn away. If he figured it out personally, even if he did figure it out, I don't think he would take her away as long as some adult that's close to her was willing to sign guardianship papers. I mean, for fuck's sake, he's not with Joyce being dead. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't want to be a dad. We still haven't seen him since Buffy died. Yeah. Or uh, since since either of them died. I meant Joyce, but Buffy either. Exactly. You know, Jesus. Like. If he if he wanted to take Don, he would have done it already. Right. Oh, well, he doesn't know that Buffy's dead. Right. He's not supposed to know that Buffy's dead. Well, still, you're a bad father. But I do. You still should know un- that your daughter's dead. I do still understand their worry. Like, they don't want Don to go away. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're being overly cautious, as they probably should be. Yeah. So there's this weird tense moment as Buffy Bot says something about loving Don and hugs her. You're my sister. And everyone looks sad because, you know, how would you feel if you had a robot version of your best friend slash closest family member who's dead walking around the house all day? Could you imagine what the fuck having a Buffy bot would do to Dawn's grieving process, for fuck's sake? Completely stunted. And uh, Giles is, too. Everyone's grieving process has to be completely stunted. Yeah. Um, Nobody can move on as long as that Buffy bot is there. Especially Willow. Oh, right? Yeah. They're they're all in some form of denial. Uh, Dawn crawls into bed with Buffy Bot later. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, that was that was a rough moment. And they even like specifically meant for us to notice that that was there was something wrong mm-hmm. with that moment. Anyways, as you mentioned, Xander brought solder for Willow to use on Buffy Bot. Uh, he wants to get cracking on sprucing up those fighting skills. But Willow says she's got even bigger shit to worry about and is the most dangerous challenge ever, ever today. Which is parent-teacher day at school. Yeah. Which, you know, that's worth being afraid of. Super important. I mean, parents don't even... It's not even required, is it? It's probably not required. But I also imagine that they want to put up as much of a front of normalcy as possible. Sure. And so they're probably like, okay, well, sure, we don't have to have Buffy there. Yeah. But if we do it's less likely that anyone's gonna come knocking on the door yeah let's just pretend that it's mandatory so parent teacher conference day buffy stops and looks at a model display outside and awkwardly asks questions about it um it just happens to be something that don worked on and i forget what they said it was but it's made out of little soda cans on strings Mm -hmm. whatever uh and it's all fine until she mentions that she doesn't know of any breed of human small enough to live in soda cans. That scene was also cut from the Hulu episode. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. I don't have anything on that scene. That's so annoying. From from there it cuts to showing the establishing shot of the school and in the classroom. Man, I thought this episode was a little extra long. 50 minutes. Yeah, to, to get to the point where Buffy's revived in her coffin. Huh. Huh. Yeah. So that's probably why they pared it down a bit. Right. Because that's that is a bit long for an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But who cares in the modern age of streaming? Right, exactly. That's dumb. Anyway, <clears throat> um Dawn laughs like everything's fine. Ha ha ha. Then we cut to the classroom. Where Buffy Bot impresses the teacher and the parents. Hmm. Go her. Yeah. With her super insightful comments. <laughs> the teacher's rambling on about some institutionalized brainwashing nonsense. <laughs> Buffy Bot stands up and says, school is where you learn. <laughs> and because teachers already think very little of parents in general, yeah. this goes over swimmingly. Yes, we want children to be as invested in education as they are in the lunch hour. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have a friend who does teach school in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a pretty founded, well-established reason to feel that way about parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I'm aware. I'm not knocking it. But this cues Buffy Bot to pipe in again. She's like, I made lunch today. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me reread that in the voice of Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> I made lunch today. <laughs> because that's Buffy Bot. That's about how profound she is. And yes. then, of course... These fucking parents around her just gobble that shit right up. Yeah, my kid brings lunch to school every day and I pay for the lunch program. Something's got to be done about the food quality in this slave training camp. <laughs> like, yeah, you really think they're going to improve the food here? Like, it's it's a right. brainwashing institution. I, <laughs> I have a very low opinion of public schools. I'm you know, I mean, sorry, sorry so not I. sorry not sorry. So do I. Um, Granted, uh, this is this does not reflect our views on public school in other countries, just the U.S. Yeah, just the U.S. <laughs> it's fine, kind of, not really. <laughs> Cut to the magic box. Da magic box. Da magic box. You just weren't ready. No, just weren't ready. Three, two, one. Da, da magic, magic box. box. So Anya and Giles get in a hilarious slappy fight when Giles yeah, asks it's, her. It's, it's, it's a bit of a spat. 
bit of a spat. A bit of a spat. He wants her to go over the books again, tries to, uh, and he's like, this is my statue. I'm taking this with me. This is my private property. And she's like, no, you can't just <laughs> claim whatever you want. <laughs> well, I think he can. He, yeah. He legitimately can do that when you own See, the store. In this scene, it's mentioned Giles calls Anya his partner, uh -huh. as in business partner. I thought Anya was just an employee. Yeah, I thought he was just basically hiring her and paying her as proprietor. Right. Not giving her full partnership. But and they also probably just didn't think too hard about it. Yeah, fair. With the way that they're phrasing. But yeah, Xander comes in and points out that if he is appalled by the immaturity, then you know something's wrong. You know, the man makes a point. Yeah. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, but he, he pulls Anya aside, kind of along the lines like, hey, look, he's your boss. Maybe don't do that. <laughs> yeah, maybe be nice to the man who's leaving you his business behind. And she, however, makes, I think, a very good point. You know, she expresses that she's very frustrated because he says he keeps saying that he's going to leave, but he's he doesn't leave. And he's hedging again about it, and she's really just left in this limbo space. What's that? He's edging about it. I said hedging. That's dirty. I said hedging. Oh. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> yeah. Fine edging. Yay! Perv. Giles is so close to coming, but has self-control. Anyway, she <laughs> it leaves her in limbo whether or not she's going to be the boss or she's just an employee. She doesn't know. She really wants the money. I thought it was amusing that Xander said, um, would you rather work at Video Hut? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, for, you know, maybe 10 years before it goes under because of Netflix and streaming in general. Right. Mm. That's not a great career choice at all. But yeah, Xander tells her that she just has to be patient. And uh, Anya's line here, I really enjoyed. Not quite a quote of the day, but she says, I was being patient, but it took too long. <laughs> <laughs> Words to live by. Right. I kind of want a tattoo of that. Right. A friend of mine back in the day used to say, patience is a virtue I'm not willing to wait around for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, she just, uh, and then she's upset that Xander doesn't want to tell everybody about the engagement. Right. But I get that it is not in good taste just yet. And uh, I really feel bad for Anya that she just doesn't get it because she legitimately doesn't understand and she wants well, to have that attention and, and she deserves it, you know? And really, like, particularly Xander not really wanting to talk about it kind of lends a bit of credence to the fact that Anya first suspected that he was proposing because he thought they were going to die. And I don't think she's very wrong. I feel like I did not agree with that, but I don't remember how I felt at the moment. Maybe I'm just a schmuck, but I still trust him that he's just trying to keep shit tactful. Yeah. But there, there, there could <laughs> still don't. be something to what you're saying. I don't trust him. <laughs> I don't trust him at all. Okay. Cut to the living room. Dawn's living room. <laughs> Dawn goes on about how her teacher loved Buffy. Spike is there babysitting, babysitting her. Uh, and Spike, Spike wins all the bonus points. He perfectly ever. reflects our feelings on 
American public schools. For being 100% correct and real about how fucked up public schools and capitalism are in bed with each other. And quote of the day, Spike specifically says, yeah, she responded to Buffy Bot because a robot is predictable, boring, perfect teacher's pet. That's all schools are, you know, just factories spewing out mindless little automatons. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, you should go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, which you should go to because Buffy would want you to. Yeah, I didn't put that part in, but yeah, he 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 backpedals on par with Xander, and Don tries to talk Spike into leaving her alone. Um, you know, like if you're bored and yeah, uh, right, and uh, you know, I'm not the key anymore. Spike has to say no just one too many times for Don to get the point. Yeah, and it's very obvious that he's at this this place where he regrets not being able to keep Don safe before. That he's very obviously going to oversteer yeah. and really, really overcompensate for that failure. Yeah, and I really don't like that he had to slam the table to, to get his point home. But I almost feel like it was necessary, but also... Because she was just going to keep pushing the point. Right, exactly. He and needed some kind of punctuation that he was done with this conversation and that he's in charge here. Yep. But nevertheless, uh, loud noises in any kind of yeah. domestic situation to make an argument is borderline abusive. It's, you know, because it's meant to trigger your fight or flight. Right. And then use that to control them. Right. But it made me feel a lot better that Don did not display any trauma response to him slamming the table. Right. It, I think Don read it correctly in that, like, okay, he's not, he's being protective of me because of his own fucking problems. Yeah. And not, oh, he's being terrible to me. She's a smart girl. Yeah. Yeah. He was in no way threatening her. He was just frustrated. But, God, I feel dirty saying that. It makes me feel like I'm apologizing for his behavior. Um, Whatever. I've made my point. I mean, in the end, he's still an evil, blood-sucking vampire. That is also true. There's a great deal of myth about Dracula. Imagine the trick to defeating him lies in separating the fact from the fiction. What kind of an unholy creature fancies his cheap, tasteless statuary? So cut to a dark alleyway. Yes, where Buffy interrupts a vampire who's about to have his evening meal. So rude. Just busting in. That bitch. Interrupting. He's got his napkin around his neck and everything. Yeah, she was, I'm sure, completely... um, She wanted him to do it. (laughs) Full consent here. (laughs) Willing victim. Obviously. Yeah, sure. (laughs) She was so into him. Did you see him? Did you see her? Ugh. They were the couple made in heaven. No, ew. This guy's a twat. He strikes uh, me as a very, like, he strikes me as the kind of annoying person that it's like, who the fuck turned him into a vampire? Right? Yeah, there's there's a lot of questionable vampires around these parts. Somebody, I think, turned him into a vampire out of spite. Or on accident. Like, they just... I mean, that's the thing, though. It's said early in the series that there's... It's a whole... 
you have to dr- the vampire drinks their blood they have to drink the vampire's blood it's, it's a not, whole suck fest. like it's it's the whole thing of like you can't order a pizza on accident well 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 look who came by for a little sucky sucky <laughs> and now i've completely forgotten where that's from i can't remember pretty sure spike says it but yeah still anyway so the vampire is fighting Buffy body, smacks her with a glass bottle, exposing her circuitry under her forehead. Yeah, because that's where I would keep all the sensitive wiring and circuit board if I made a fighting sex bot. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Welcome to the plot hole emporium. Yes, here in this dark alleyway. Would you like to have sex with this pile of electrically charged circuitry while it fights the undead? Yes, you there. The Billy Idol looking motherfucker. So, <laughs> one very poorly constructed sex bot to the creepy but super slick vampire. Visit our back alley plots whenever you like. We've always got some junk to shove in your holes. I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, just a little quick one. Just, uh, just a little taste. Just a little brief, brief, yeah. brief interlude. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so... <laughs> Dipshit vampire takes full advantage of realizing that the Slayer is, in fact, a robot. Who and, is And uh, walking into things. Yeah, glitching out, and he fucks right off. Run away, run away, run away, run away, run away, <laughs> run away. Cut to Xander and Anya's house. Xander and Anya's house where the Scooby-sans Giles are discussing and planning raising Buffy from the dead. Sometimes you no. just gotta raise Buffy from the dead. <laughs> just a very casual Tuesday. Raising Buffy from the dead? Must yeah. be Tuesday. Yeah. Oh my god. So Anya managed to dig up the last existing known urn of Osiris for Willow. Yeah. Uh Willow's on afraid. On eBay of all places. On eBay of all places. Seriously though. Uh, and even though this, you know, is a twenty year old show. You can, in fact, still find random shit like that on eBay. Right? I'm impressed that it's not a completely dated right? reference Exactly. Here. But they're afraid that Giles would catch Wise um, because of Anya's methods of finding it, uh, because she was going through dealers at first, but then ended up finding it on eBay right. instead, which is fucking lucky, because, you know, when there's only one left on the planet, right? she got lucky that it was on eBay. She got lucky that it's a real one. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, man, I've gotten burned by eBay. I have to. It's a very easy place to get burned. Um, so Willow it, says... It's better nowadays, but... I'll take your word for it. it it's still I not great. haven't bought anything from eBay for so long. But uh, Willow says, it's time. And Xander <laughs> nearly flips out with anxiety, you know, completely legitimately considering that they're t- talking about necromancy of their best right. friend. Well, and serious shit. That's that's legitimate worry. Yeah. You know, if you believe in that kind of thing. <laughs> and then we get probably one of my favorite quotes of the episode. Xander basically in anger says, okay, excuse me, who made you boss to Willow? <laughs> to yeah. which Anya and Tara respond with, Anya says, you did, Tara. You said Willow should be boss, Anya. And then you said, let's vote. And it was unanimous, Tara. And then you made this little plaque that said, boss of us. You put little sparkles on it. Little sparkles on it. That was the best part. (laughs) And he's like, okay, that's besides the point. (laughs) Yeah. This is otherwise a very heavy scene. Yeah. I was impressed that they made that little moment work. Yeah. And it needed it, you know? But then Willow tells them all to come back tomorrow night. 
we're bringing Buffy back. Big dramatic commercial break. Come back from the commercial break and just pick right up where we left off. Yeah. Xander and Anya are getting cold feet. Xander's worried that Buffy might come back as a zombie, but luckily they don't actually eat brains. Whew, glad we cleared that up. But Willow points out that this isn't the same thing as when Dawn tried to raise Joyce because Buffy died from supernatural causes. It wasn't just, it wasn't a natural death. And that means that there is an opening for such things. But also, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the point that Willow makes, but also she's done a hell of a lot more research. Right. Dawn just found one random ass demon yeah. And took whatever shit he threw at her. And Dawn, Dawn does not have the fucking ridiculous levels of power that Willow has. Correct. Like, Willow knows her shit yeah. at this point. Big difference. Well, I mean, she's getting to the point where her talent is overtaking her skill. And that's the problem. Yeah. <clears throat> and her judgment. Yes, exactly. It's all, uh, it's all a big, mushy, wibbly-wobbly, interconnected... Timey-wimey. Timey Not really timey-wimey. I know. Not but so like, much, but that's... those do go together. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> you recognized that reference. Yes. Good for you. <laughs> it's one of my favorite episodes of the entirety of Doctor Who. Oh, I loved that. Like, that was one of my favorite lines of his ever, and it wasn't just me. Like, that's one of his most quoted lines ever from Doctor Who. Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. And now we're completely off topic here. So, yeah, Anya wonders if they should tell Giles and Willow Boss. Kai boshes the fuck out of that idea. Yep. And uh, definitely not Spike, not Don, and especially not Giles. Because he'd be smart about it. Right. <laughs> Can't well, have that. And I can understand definitely, unquestionably, not telling Spike and Don. But also, it kind of falls into the same category in my eyes of not telling Giles. Solely on the grounds of, like, if it doesn't work, these are three people who are who would become very quickly very, very invested in Buffy coming back. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work or it goes bad, you're doing a lot of damage by even bringing up this possibility. Well, on the other hand, if it goes bad... They're going to fucking need Giles's help. Yeah, that I mean, that's part of the risk, too. He's got so much experience and knowledge about that kind of thing, but he's, they know he's never going to let it get that far. But also, we, we know that Willow doesn't want to tell Giles because Giles is going to be like, well, now, Willow, this is dangerous and stupid. That's what I mean. Yeah, he's never going to let it get that far. Yeah. And that's just a terrible source of drama, making good decisions and shit. <laughs> right. So Willow's scared that they're leaving Buffy to be tormented in a hell dimension because she didn't die a natural death, like you said. And her physical body is not proof enough to her that her soul or essence didn't right. cross through the portal when she closed it. So Willow finally wins over Xander with an appeal to emotion. She's just like, it's Buffy. <laughs> How can you say no to that? Exactly. She's all teary and everything. Seriously. It's hard to say no to that face. Yes. So from there, we cut to Buffy's house where Willow returns home. Sorry, Dawn's house where Willow returns home. Damn right. Uh, I'm trying to fuck that girl out of her inheritance. <laughs> uh, Willow returns home to find a broken Buffy bot with Spike. 
apparently she is programmed to return to Willow when broken. Handy that. Yep. Yeah. Willow opens up BuffyBot's midsection to plug her laptop in. Good that BuffyBot's plug and play software. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think this is just a testament to how genius Willow is because she would probably need, what was his name, Warren? Right. Warren's equipment specifically uh, to interface either that or build her own interface from scratch. I happen to pause it at the right moment. It's a USB. <laughs> it's just your basic USB cable. Well, never mind. Warren thought of that. It's yeah. standard. Well, I'm not talking about hardware, like physically interfacing. Right. No problem. But what fucking program do you start up? Could you imagine just the sheer amount of time it would take for the data in what is this 2001 yeah the the amount of data transfer time to transfer all of that data from buffybot to your laptop like the amount of data that would have to be there for buffybot to be able to act as much as she can well you know as like, long as it's not a samsung you know there's not going to be a bunch of bloatware so <laughs> i'm sure it's fine but like Take take into account like fucking chat GBT and shit like that. Like the database for that program is so fucking massive. You cannot download it on your own computer. Sure, I mean, your average open world video game these days is at least 100 gigabytes. Right. So. And so just the amount of data that and 100 that would have gigabytes to be, was would be inconceivable in 2001. Right. Almost to a consumer anyway. Let alone one program. Being I, re- that I remember. Big. I remember very distinctly when I first saw a one terabyte flash drive. And I remember just hearing that they existed, and my mind went right. Like, and the idea that oh my god, you could fit so much on there. I'd still feel that way if I had one. Right. <laughs> I think the biggest flash drive I have is like 128 gigs, and I still feel like that's big. I have a 256. Neat. That's the biggest one I have. Your dick's way bigger than mine, bro. My my flash drive has a larger capacity than my laptop. <laughs> oh yeah, talk dirty to me. Shit, I, I'm not trying that. Why do you got to make it weird? Oh, because that's who I am. Keep going, <laughs> keep going. Oh, I love annoying you so anyway, much. Anyway, back to Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, BuffyBot decides, apparently, with being broken, that she gets to hit on Spike again. Yeah, Willow praised Spike's discretion on keeping her there when she came back to find Willow. Uh, BuffyBot says, sorry I questioned you, Spike. You know I admire your brain almost as much as your washboard abs. Almost as much. Uh, only That's almost. the important part only here. Only well, this upsets Spike, probably due to his shame of his past horny self. There's a good little pause, and he just says to Willow, I thought I told you to make her stop doing that. Yeah. Oh, actually, he specifically says make it stop doing that. He calls it it. Right. Yeah, he's definitely completely disassociated from having any form of attachment to Buffy Bot like he previously did. Yeah. When he could pretend that it was Buffy because, you know, she wasn't dead. But now he's uh, it's his fault that this lifeless puppet of everyone's favorite dead girl is spouting cringy porn lines at him. 
Yep. So he gets a, just a little too shitty with Willow for not having fixed the robot from saying shit like that anymore. Then storms out while Willow is trying to fix her. Yeah, That's, and like for fuck's sake, help! Why? Why not help? Like why? Why not? Right? Yeah. Like she asked you to hold a flashlight for her, man. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. But he can't help it. He yeah. doesn't have a soul. Can't help it. And it's really sad to me that the robot thinks Spike doesn't like her anymore. Right. Like, sadder than it should be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's like you kicked a puppy. Exactly. She's it's, very much just a puppy. It's very sad. Once upon a time, there was um, a kitty. She was very little, and she was all alone, and nobody wanted her. Did the kitty get chosen by some nice people? Well, now you ruined the ending. Cut to upstairs later at night. Yep, everyone goes to bed. Willow and Tara are in bed. Dawn decides to go lay down with Buffy Bot. Yeah, she's staring at the ceiling for a moment and then gets up, wanders in there, and we see Buffy Bot laying there, lifeless, staring at the wall, plugged into this charging system with a blinking red light and a beep, and it's almost like she's plugged into life support. Right. Very hospital. I think it was very purposeful. It had very hospital vibes to it. Yeah. Yeah. And Dawn crawls into bed with her super sad panda moment. Yeah. I'm not crying. You're crying. I didn't cry. No, I didn't cry. There's plenty of spots to cry. That wasn't really one of them, but it was sad. It was very sad. Sad piano and all that. Correct. That is correct. Cut to the training room. Back to the magic box. Giles is training slash testing Buffy Bot. I, he says that he is testing to, you know, see if Buffy Bot's reflexes and everything. I think Test, he well, just really her, fucking misses Buffy. That's definitely part of it. He says he's testing her reactions since her injury. And I think it's telling that he calls it an injury and not malfunction much so. or damaged. Yeah. Something of the like. Um, he's definitely thinking of her as a person and not as a robot. But he is talking about Chi, and Anya comes in and kind of is like, she's a robot. What does she need Chi for? It's a good point, because like she can't breathe. What's the point in it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Anya's line is, I think, really not, really fun, because she says she's not descendant from a long line of... Wo- you know, she's not the descendant of a long line of mystical warriors. Yeah. She's the descendant of a toaster oven. Yeah. And she is. Clever line. It was. We get kind of this moment where Giles expresses self-doubt. I don't like these moments. Yeah. Doesn't happen often with Giles. I don't I don't like it when Giles is all sad. Mm-hmm. He's not supposed to be sad. He's the true hero of this piece. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because when when Anya leaves in a huff with a backhanded remark about him him being the boss still, Giles has some some good robot therapy where he admits that he's treating her too much like a human. And Buffybot parrots off, uh, every Slayer needs her watcher. And Giles takes this very cynically. (laughs) Right, yes, I was a perfect watcher. I did what any good watcher would do. Got my Slayer killed in the line of duty. Oh, and that I mean, was... like, that's the tradition. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, he's, the one, he's the one getting in here 
talking about changing tradition because it's stupid because that's fucked up. Yeah. And he thinks she might have been better off without him. And Buffybot inadvertently helps lead him to the conclusion that he was already leaning towards and he's just been putting off. Yeah. Because she says, oh, that wasn't your fault. And he says, of course not. That's how all Slayer Watcher relationships end, isn't it? She's gone. I did my job. Well, then why are you still here? Now, damn it, Giles, stop listening to robots. Right. I am firmly of the opinion Giles does not need to leave. Everybody and here still needs him. He doesn't have any friends or family that he's ever spoken of right, back like, in England. He, he's he been in the U.S. for fucking five, six years now. Did he? Is it canonical that he just came over for Buffy? He was in England up to that point? I I just always presumed. I mean, that makes sense. I guess I'd never thought about it. He was new to the job. He was the new librarian when he when he showed up first season. Sure, yeah. So, like, I don't know. And I suppose it makes sense that he would have been just training with the uh, the Watchers Council up until that point, right? In England, so yeah, that makes so like, good yeah, sense. He's been so he's been here for <coughs> he's been here for six years. You have an established life. You're a fucking business owner for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. And. I get he's probably depressed and sad and feels directionless without Buffy being there, but there's still, he's part of a community. Yeah, definitely. A very important part of a community. He's a pillar the, of a community. The Hellmouth still exists in fucking Sunnydale, yeah. for fuck's sake. People still need him, but he's beating himself up. He thinks he got Buffy killed. Anya's definitely making him feel in the way. Right. But on the, on that same line... He's kind of causing Anya to do that because he's leaving her in the lurch as well. Yeah. So if nothing else, he needs to more thoroughly take up the mantle of mentoring Willow. Right. She needs him more than anybody. Yeah. I mean, I think if somebody came along and was actually like, here, let's work on your powers and everything. And did it respectfully, whereas every time he fucking talks about her powers, it's in a, you shouldn't be doing that. That's dangerous. Yeah. And it's like, right. Like, yeah, redirect. Don't Exactly. Just, redirect. Don't just stomp on. Redirect. Guide. Don't just fucking put up a goddamn wall. No, you can't do that. It's bad. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Jeez. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. <laughs> So Giles has his little epiphany that he needs to leave. I disagree. Cut to a demon biker bar. Demon biker bar where the vamp who discovered that Buffybot exists is talking to a strappy face demon. Yeah, he's spouting um, off about his fight with the Buffybot. Uh, to talking some, himself up. It's some. This is some kind of hardcore looking sharp toothed demon with leather straps laced through his face skin like a fucking a horse champ except it doesn't there's no bar in his mouth right but other than that it's pretty close uh he doesn't believe it at first but as soon as he tells him that uh the slayer's not human he's like what and drags him over to the boss of the biker gang he's like tell him what you said and this guy's just a fucking dipshit starts telling him the long story and so he cuts him off and he's like, he says the Slayer is not human. There's no Slayer in Sunnydale. Like, he knows how to cut to the chase. Right. I actually really appreciate that in my yes. demons. 
specifically <laughs> your like second in command demons. Oh, absolutely. Like that that dude is is peak second in command. I mean, I don't know that he is second in he's definitely a good candidate for second in command. He's one of the top officers if he, at least. If he's not if he's not second in command, the leader might have his head up his ass. I think we might be giving this demon biker gang a little too much credit as to their hierarchy organization. <laughs> I think they all just have their heads up this one guy's ass. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, whatever. Let's think of him. He's definitely Riker in right. this situation. The let's, the let's leader the leader the leader listens to what's being said. It surmises that okay, let's go take Sunnydale then. The Hellmouth is a good place to party. That sounds like a good plan. Let's go and party in Sunny. The vampires like, well, I know you guys don't usually let vampires into the into the gang, but what about you making an exception? But you know, like I totally gave you some information without you setting any parameters first, and you guys definitely like really hate me. But you know, I like you. <laughs> you didn't need that head, did you? <laughs> like a fucking dandelion. Somebody clean up this dust pile. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't care. <laughs> right? That place didn't look that clean. No, nothing clean about it. <laughs> I find it funny that these fuckers just believe this vampire. Like, the idea of a robot isn't absurd to them at all. He went, yeah, this guy went from not believing him at all to let's get on our bikes and go to Sunnydale in less than 30 seconds. But also, like... You jump to the conclusion, oh, the Buffy that or the Slayer that this fucker ran into was a robot. So that means there's no Slayer in Sunnydale. I don't know about you, but if I were in that position, I think I would be like, oh, what if the Slayer has like duplicates to like help? What if there's more than one now? <laughs> that would worry me. I don't think I, th I think the information that they're working off of would lead me to far different conclusions. Yeah, I don't think these guys are that smart. I mean, good point, but still, like, okay, maybe, maybe she's a robot, but like, that doesn't mean the Slayer isn't there. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. But, I mean, they <laughs> happened to be right. Oh. It's not the greatest line of logic, but they happened to be right. Oh, uh, just something popped into my head, and I kind of, I, I want to say it, but I kind of want you to cut it. it. It's almost like they built a submarine, and since they called it a submarine, they think they can take it down to the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not cutting that. <laughs> That's going down with history, son. <laughs> <laughs> and now everyone knows when we recorded this episode. <laughs> oh. Oh, it shouldn't be that funny. People died. Man. I know. People died of their own hubris. Except for the 19-year-old kid. I feel bad for him. Yeah. Kind of. <sighs> okay. So they all ride out for Sunnydale. Yeah. They murdered the vamp. It's weird seeing it's, demons of the daytime. I'm sorry. They slayed the vamp. Right. It's weird seeing demons in the daytime, though. 
I like it when they do it. it throws everything off. I know. Shakes I, things up I was up like, a bit. whoa, easy there, killers. You're going to break into flames. Oh, that's just vampires. I think it would have been funnier if they would have been like, yeah, you can join the gang. Come on. And like put their arm around him and just walked him outside. Dragged him out into the sunlight. <laughs> that actually would have been way better. Yeah. I would have loved that. <laughs> oh, that would have been so shitty and on par with exactly how these guys are. Exactly. But- also, you know, just being brutish thugs is also. On I par. think they also wanted to showcase that this dude can easily just pop a head off a vamp. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's not those. Are, those are really on there, you know. <laughs> Boy, that's really on there. <laughs> God, cut to a serene wilderness setting where serene wilderness setting things are not happening. Yeah, you know, it gets a little dark, but <laughs> shut up. Um, <laughs> You know, people people eat venison all the time, bro. Yes. And veal. This is veal venison. They don't murder them with their bare hands and a knife. So Willow's prepping for the spell. Yeah. She's pouring some, sprinkling some ingredients, some herbs, some very vegan looking things over some other vegan looking things with, you know, some pottery or whatever. Yeah. And then just does some real quick casual ritual sacrifice of a, a little baby deer. Okay. I, I really, I want to talk about this moment. I don't think I could stop if you, you if I If you to. look at this character, Willow, particularly this scene, and you compare it to season one Willow, just, just put those two images in your mind. I was going to say night and day, but it's not really night and day. It's more like late twilight and day. Yeah. Yeah. Because like. Because she gets darker. Right, she gets darker, but it, it just specifically call her Dark Willow. This scene in particular, to me, like, cause oh, I, I she's not emotional. Mm. She's perfectly calm. Yeah, like later when she's Dark Willow, she's enraged. That's true. Yeah. That's different. Mm. This she's perfectly calm. Think of any of the times in the first season when she was, you know, responding to cutesy things. Yeah. Like, fuzzy sweaters. I can't fuck. Like, I watched every step along the way of this character coming to this place, and it still blows my mind. Our little baby's growing up. Sacrifice a deer and everything. Oh, baby's (laughs) first deer sacrifice. Oh, wow. Okay, we went there. Uh, (laughs) As she's like draining its blood, she says, Accept our humble gratitude for your offering in death. You give life. May you find wings to the kingdom. And I'm like, whoa, that's some deep shit, hon. Yeah, I mean, you know, at least she's killing it to to bring her friend back and right. not just for sport. Well, and she thanks a goddess or someone for the deer. Mm-hmm. She thanks the deer for the, for the sacrifice. Yeah, I don't see so, what the I problem mean, like, is. Everything's fine. Yeah, <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> Fear me. cute you didn't sense a hyena energy at all did you because hyena possession is just unpleasant run play maybe skedaddle oh i miss the free hot dogs on sticks back to the magic box yes where uh scooby's sans giles are kind of all hanging out and you know luckily they don't have to speak cryptically about what's going on because Giles isn't there. 
Willow is super vague about what this very vital ingredient is. Yeah. Xander asks her what vino de madre is, which Willow responds very literally to by only translating the Latin to wine of the mother. But in this case, it happens to be baby fucking deer blood. Yeah. You know, just because she said some magic words over it doesn't change that fact. I mean, Good sure. thing Google doesn't exist yet. <laughs> right? <laughs> really? Wouldn't it? I think it does. It's not as prolific, that's for sure. But Google definitely existed in 01. That came about, I want to say, early or late 90s. Probably 98. All the good shit happened oh, in 98. Yeah, 98. Damn, I'm good. I was, I, for some reason, I was thinking 04. Oof, no, that's, that's way too late. No, 04, I think, was YouTube. Okay. Yeah, really? I mean, who cares? So, I care. <laughs> so, in this case, it's baby deer's blood. And uh, she skirts around the issue by just saying, oh, you know, black market stuff. And Tara and Anya get a little freaked out at the prospect of that. They're like, right. oh, you, you should have told us that that's not safe. We should have gone with you. Um, but a super somber Willow claims that if it's what she needs to bring Buffy back, then, hey, it's all good, man. <laughs> so good, man. <laughs> Willow tries to comfort Tara, who's a bit nervous about the upcoming bad decision they're about to make together, uh, but she's got bats in her stomach. Anya brings over a note she finds and interrupts them with something she claims will distract them from their worries. Xander reads the note. Hold on. Before that, I did want to make a mention to one of Anya's lines when Tara's all stressed and saying that she's anxious. Anya says, you want to look at the money? It always calms me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very Anya line. Love it. I don't know how I love a capitalist so much. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but I also know that feeling. She's yeah. cute about it. It's comforting. She's cute about Having it. Having money is comforting. Well, yeah. You know, even as somebody who despises the system, you know, we still have to live in it. Yeah. So uh, good luck pulling it down. Uh, so Xander reads the note and it's Giles telling them that he's gone and isn't much for long goodbyes. Okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> like you're going to get out of this fucking place that easy, you old man. Ah, uh, hell no. Cut to Giles at the airport. Not getting out of this place that easy. They ambush Giles at the airport. He was trying to avoid a scene. Willow whips out a balloon banner that says... <laughs> like we'd make a scene. <laughs> bon voyage, Giles. Uh, he meant himself, not them, about the scene. Yeah. And oh, my heartstrings, they are a pluckin'. He cares so much for them. He's doing all of this for them, even though it's super hard for him. You know, like when John Lithgow punches Harry in Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> or when the kid has to shoot Old Yeller. That's how that story went, right? I don't know if I ever read it. I don't remember. Is it the kid has to shoot his own dog? Yes, because the dog has rabies. Yeah. That could have... I feel like there's another... That's where the wild fern grows. I don't know. Who cares? Let's say it's uh, Old Yeller. There's a lot of old books and movies of kids shooting their dogs, I guess. At least two. Or maybe not. I don't know. Please correct me, internet. <laughs> um, they will. They will happily. <laughs> but yeah, so they got him gifts. Very thoughtful gifts. Yeah. But my favorite fucking part, the, all gifts are from a, a fucking gas station. But my favorite part is Tara pulls out one of the little monster finger puppets mm -hmm. and goes... Grr, arg. Arg. <laughs> yeah and that's definitely like there's no way that that was pre the ending sequence 
Like that had been around. No, like it, like so they didn't go back and retroactively very, add that. She, no, she is very specifically doing the ending sequence for. It's a fourth uh, wall break. Yeah, it's a fourth wall break. Love it. Love it. I really. I tried finding out. I looked it up. I couldn't find it. I wanted to know if it was something that was planned, like it was actually written in the script or not, hmm. or if it was something that the actor just decided. Oh, it, it had to have been written in the script. What's his name? Fucking Joss Whedon, notoriously uh, super anal about sticking to the script. Well, so, with the way the dialogue is written, that makes sense. Yeah. So Anya got him a cheap little Debbie's apple pie uh, to I remind him of America. Yeah, you know what? They're not as good as I remember. No, they aren't. And like, and I don't think that's because my taste buds changed. I no, think it's I think the ingredients got shitty. Right, they're not sugar anymore. They're fucking high fructose corn syrup. That are there. But um, that when I say I miss those things, I miss what they used to be. Yeah, the good ones, definitely. Oh, they were so fucking amazing. But yeah, it's a nice, beautiful, somber moment, honestly. Yeah. It's all emotional and lovey-dovey and a little weird awkwardness of when Giles goes to hug Xander. But other than that, it's hugs all around. And Dawn gave him an envelope full of letters that they all wrote in the car on the way over. Giles is just beside himself with their thoughtfulness. And even I'm sitting there going, man, they got better gifts for him at the last moment in a rush um, racing against the clock than I've gotten my family for Christmas for like 20 years. <laughs> that's love. Right. <laughs> that's that's well, like, such a loving, beautiful relationship. The, I'm jealous. The one moment in this entire thing that actually like choked me up ever so slightly was after Giles hugs Tara, the camera mo- moves back and you see Dawn standing behind him and he turns to Dawn and then that the look on her face, just that moment where she's like, she's waiting for her turn to hug him. And it just, that choked me up. That really choked me up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He hugs them all goodbye. And then he fucks off to the other side of the pond. And to, to think that like she didn't exist a little over a year ago. (laughs) Right. Well, as far as they're concerned, she did. Yeah. The memories, the memories make it real. And so they watch his plane take off and muse amongst themselves about whether they should have told Giles about the resurrection plan or not. He would have put a fucking kibosh on it so fast. Oh, absolutely. But also they mention what odd timing this being, you know, resurrection night and all. Right. And now Giles is gone. And they're like, yeah, I kind of wanted him around just in case things get fucked up. Willow says something to the to that effect. And then they're all like, oh, well, to the necromancy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they they literally just told him they were going to be fine without him. And then to the necromancy. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> we'll be fine. We'll, we'll we're only going to dabble in a little bit of black magic. It's OK. Yeah, just the once. <laughs> just the once. Don't worry about it. You go home. <laughs> mingle with the other Brits. Don't worry about it. It'll be okay. We got It'll this. It'll be fine. Kids, can't fucking trust them. Uh, cut to a little snippet of the biker demons coming to town. And it looks like it's around about dusk outside. Yep. It's getting dark. And then we cut to graveyard, specifically Buffy's grave, where it's ritual time. Correct. Anya gets her candle lit just in the nick of time for some good old-fashioned midnight skullduggery. Are you familiar with that term? I am. Yeah. 
Uh, do you think that's where this word comes from? Because they're doing some I, literal skull. I fucking actually looked this word up not too long ago. I suppose grave robbing would be a little more accurate. So there's a game I play, uh, and there's a, a line of skill called skullduggery. <laughs> and I looked it up for that. So, yeah, it's just un- underhanded, unscrupulous behavior. Yeah, exactly. Like grave robbing. Necromancy, depending on what you plan on doing with said dead right. person. But still, if, even in this most um, seemingly well-intentioned of scenarios, it's still a little underhanded and unscrupulous. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised nobody thought to bring a shovel. Right? Yeah. So Willow chats up Osiris and pours some tasty-looking vino de madre. <laughs> chats up Osiris? That's a beautiful way to put it yeah right into the urn of osiris some some good old vino de madre does some bloody face painting yep yep she goes full feral here and uh it's not too long before some phantom slices show up on her wrists and looks like she's got some goddamned scarab beetles crawling up the inside of her skin and considering considering the whole setup and the uh, being osiris and the resurrection ritual that that tracks yeah yeah oh yeah yeah it's uh the mummy i saw that movie too yeah yeah scarab we never actually see any scarab beetles but no they're fucking scarab beetles and it, let me tell you it looks uncomfy it does in fact quite uncomfy <laughs> yeah so they they start to argue xander's like oh we should stop and tara's like no 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 this is fine this is normal it's it's a test it's just a test this is totally normal (laughs) (laughs) it's just a test of our emergency broadcast systems (laughs) if we fuck up the cycle it is all for naught she's not wrong about that and then they hear some motorcycle engines Uh oh yeah as the biker town hits downtown sunnydale i'll uh oh your spaghettios hey oh God, I haven't heard that phrase in a long fucking time. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. Dated references <laughs> and double entendre. And or, chicken or, noises. Or perfectly single entendre, just entendre <laughs> yeah. in general. <laughs> Sex. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So yeah, they're uh they're in town smashing some shit, breaking yeah. windows, breaking cars, doing stuff. Bad stuff. We cut, demon stuff. Yeah, demon stuff. Mm. And then we cut back to the, the ritual site where some more demon stuff is apparently happening as Willow, Willow just decides to upchuck a whole snake. A whole, a whole snake. A whole snake. Yeah. You know, use every bit of it. <laughs> I wonder if they get to keep the snake as a pet. Well, I think given how things uh, pan out here, I don't think they ever like had that option. I think she should name it Chuck. <laughs> and whenever she walks into the room what's, what's up, up chuck, chuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh god someone needs to fucking have a pet snake that they name chuck because that is a hell of a good inside joke yeah come on all you snake owners let's make it happen <laughs> <laughs> so um, Buffy Bot, we're in the streets. Buffy Bot marches right up to those big old meanies and informs them that yeah. they should get back on their loud bicycles and go back to where they came from. But they 
don't seem to want to listen to Buffy Bot. Yeah, the, the the boss guy dude slashes her right shoulder open. He's got some like Wolverine style. Oh, f- more Freddy Cougar. Yeah, some slashy knuckles. His whole stuff. fingers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Freddy Freddy Cougar without the glove part. Yeah, they're just blades on his fingers. Okay, cool. That's even cooler. Didn't notice yeah. that. Uh, slashes her right shoulder open, injuring her just enough that she will now happily lead them all straight back to the Scooby gang right. in the middle of their nefarious... And she bo- does a little bit of kicking ass, though. A little bit. Oh, yeah. well, she in, just enough to escape. Yeah. And she leads them all back to the Scooby gang's nefarious but well-meaning but also very selfish plotting. Yeah. Willow is having a hell of a time. Yeah. Literally. (laughs) As she demands of Osiris to release her, referring to Buffy. The bikers, they roar in on their loud bicycles and uh, literally ride circles around them, at which point one of them crushes the urn of Osiris, snapping Willow out of her um, red essence, fiery looking glaze. Like she didn't look like she was having a good time. Right. Uh, she was definitely a little bit relieved at this moment, I promise yeah. you. Xander grabs Willow and runs off. Tara grabs Anya and runs off. But as Tara and Anya are running away, one of the bikers rides up and grabs Anya. But luckily, Tara does a quick spell to stop him. Mm-hmm. And then separate, Xander and Willow get away. They're hiding. And Willow asks if it worked. And they don't think it did. Xander says, I'm sorry. And slow pan down to the inside of Buffy's casket, where the red essence now swirls around close up on Buffy's face as her body is rapidly repaired and her eyes flash back to life from the white, weird, gross, dead globules that they were. And she looks panicked and confused. Which is, you know, I think very appropriate when you wake up in a fucking coffin. As one should wake upon waking up in a coffin underground. Absolutely. That, that is the correct yeah. answer. To be fucking continued. Gerarg. Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights I shall give, walk in You've got something here. How'd you feel about this episode, Rex? Eh. Happy to be back? Happy to be back. The episode, I felt, it was okay. Okay. Like, that, that's about all I got. Like, <laughs> the fucking biker gang, bleh. They're boring. Right. They're kind of boring. Yeah. But, you know, obviously there's the big plot of the resurrection and everything that's important. It's but, a big setup, definitely, for a lot the, of sh- dominoes that yeah. they're going to knock over. The, this episode is unquestionably pure setup and a little bit of, well, kind of a little bit of drudgery to me. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense they kind of have to do that because, you know, they have to show what the world without Buffy looks like. So it makes sense. But yeah, it's, overall, it's pretty depressing. Like, and it wasn't even that, like, quippy of an episode. No. So, I don't know. It just didn't have a hell of a lot. But it was very much one of those, I would have been so pissed with this to be continued if I were watching the show when it aired. Oh, right? Uh, But Eh, it's 
definitely aired one. every week though. Right. When but the it, season it's was definitely out. one of those where it's like I can wait a week. The the amount of setup for this episode and then the being a to be continued would have been rough for me. But hey, we don't really have that problem because streaming. But we have that problem because, you know, how we do our episodes. <laughs> but uh, yeah. 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 I don't get how you mean, but yeah. Well, just having to wait for the to be continued. All right. Because we yeah. can binge it or. Oh, we, we have that problem. We could binge it, but we don't binge it. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am part of this podcast. Yes. Okay. Whoo. I was worried there for a second. How'd you feel about it? Oh, uh, you know, um, it, uh, I think you pretty much covered it. It, uh, it's a lot of setup. It was kind of depressing. Yeah. <laughs> and there were a couple of quippy moments and I'm going to take a moment uh right now to figure out what my quote of the day was do you know what your quote of the day is i i'm gonna go with anya's i was being patient but it took too long because i i feel that yes i feel that thank you for reminding me i need a tattoo of that yes writing that one down right now here in this moment (laughs) as we speak what is your quote of the day josh i'm Uh, hastily choosing another Anya line. She says, uh, you know, she's not the descendant of a long line of mystical warriors. She's the descendant of a toaster oven. (laughs) Just, uh, Anya's just full of... Anya takes the gold! She's got sprightly, (laughs) quippy, um, just good lines. Love them. Yeah, I mean, the only real quippy lines came from her and Spike. Yeah, and Spike did... Oh, oh. Okay, actually, all right, here's my runner-up then. Spike saying, did your life flash before your poor little watcher eyes? <laughs> cup of tea, cup of tea. Almost got shagged. Cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's that's right up there. This has been another episode of Beer with Buffy. We did it. We did it. We're back. You're welcome. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Like us on Twitter. Join our Facebook group. We love interacting with our fans on there. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do that either on those platforms or, as always, through email, beerwithbuffy at gmail.com, or you can give us a text or voicemail at 269-743-0783. If you'd like to support us by buying some of our merch, you can do that, beerwithbuffy.com slash shop, right? That sounds right. Yeah, I think that's right. (laughs) Uh, If you... If you'd like to just give us your money instead of getting things in return, you can do that directly through Patreon. And we'd very, very much appreciate that and read your name on the air. Yeah, if you're the super generous type. Uh, But also the absolute number one way that you could support us. And we really mean this. Like, it's bigger than the money that our Patreon supporters give us. That is giving us iTunes reviews. iTunes reviews. Uh, iTunes reviews shockingly important they hit us right in our little egos and they help our listenership yeah it spreads spreads our podcast better than any other method period far and wide it's unfortunate because i personally don't care for apple in any capacity same other than that one thing uh but also don't forget once we get up to 75 reviews we will raffle off a hoodie to everyone who's reviewed us again yes again 
You're welcome. And as always, thank you so much to JJ Treadway for opening, closing transition music. This has been Bear with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. I want a little monster puppet. (laughs) I made lunch today. done why are we watching this